Whenever you do something wrong, you feel guilt. And while no one likes feeling guilty, did you know that guilt is actually a mechanism of God's mercy towards us? We'll talk about that in this week's episode of the Faith by Reason podcast. Welcome to the podcast. The website behind it all, as always, is faithbyreason.net. Please go there, check it out. There's tons of information there, the blog, podcast, tons of categories. So we have been talking about the first dispensation. In fact, in the last three podcasts, we went over the entire Eden narrative from the creation of Adam and Eve to the fall of man, to the temptation of the, the serpent or the Nakash. And the last week in the podcast, we talked about the actual original sin, what that really meant, and what um, the consequences were briefly for Adam and Eve. And uh, now we're going to spend the next several podcasts going over some of the terms and concepts and ideas that we uh, noticed and recognized in the Eden narrative, things like life and death and good and evil and things like that. There's a ton, ton of information there. Tons of things have happened in in that that, that have a great impact on every uh, uh, subse- uh, um, subsequent dispensation and on our entire history. So we're going to start going over those. And we're going to start with justification. Because as we saw in the last podcast, the way Adam and Eve chose to justify themselves was really the determining factor in original sin and the judgments of God, which again affect us to this day. So what is justification? Well, as the name implies, justification is a way to deal with unequal justice. It's a way to justify something that is no longer in balance, injustice. So basically, when we do something wrong, when we commit an injustice, we've thrown justice out of balance and justice needs to be equaled out. And how do we know that justice needs to be equaled out? How are we alerted to it? Well, that's where our subconscious or unconscious mind comes into play because the job of the unconscious mind is to let us know when things are out of balance. So what is the unconscious mind? Well, as the name implies, it's it's the part of our brain that we are not consciously aware of. It's there. It's working in the background, but we are not aware of all the things it's doing, like in our conscious mind. Our conscious, in our conscious mind, we, we that's where we're focused on what we happen to be doing at the time, what we're looking at, who we're talking to, the work we're doing, the things we're focused on. That's our conscious mind. But in the background, our subconscious is at work. And again, we're not fully aware of it, but it takes in a massive amount of information. It takes in all of the information all around us that would be you know, way too much for our conscious mind to deal with. And what it does is it makes sure things are in balance. Now, the unconscious mind does not have any morality. Morality is an, is an act of the conscious mind. It doesn't know whether something is good or bad. All it sees are patterns and it sees reality and it makes sure that what we're doing and what we're feeling and, and the actions we take, the things we think and feel are in alignment with with objective reality and with the patterns that it has uh, seen us uh, do in the past. And, and since the subconscious is, is aligned with reality, it knows things like right and just because, you know, right and just are the main principles that, that dictate the universe, you know, because God is always a completely right and just. It knows the subconscious knows causality. It knows non-contradiction. It knows all of those uh, uh, cardinal laws that are a part of our reality because the, the subconscious is, is our check against um, reality. And when something happens that throws things out of balance, our subconscious alerts us to it so that we can do something about it. And it alerts us to those these things, this lack of balance, by uh, causing us to feel certain things involuntarily. 
So whenever you're doing something and suddenly you get a feeling that comes over you that you don't know where it came from, well, it came from your subconscious and it's your subconscious alerting you that something is wrong and you need to deal with it. It needs you to take some kind of action. Let's say, for example, you're asleep late at night and it's all it is dark and you hear a noise and your subconscious knows that that's a bad pattern, that if there's a noise happening in the dark somewhere in your home, then it probably means something is, is going on that you need to deal with. So your subconscious causes you to feel fear. Fear is, is involuntary. Our subconscious makes us feel it. Why? So that we're motivated to take an action, be it, you know, turning on the lights and going down and checking out what's wrong or getting our weapon, depending on the neighborhood we live in or our situation. But it, it makes us feel uneasy and we can't ignore that fear or whatever is making us feel the uneasiness. And so we have to go and deal with it. And once we've dealt with it, our subconscious settles us down and we can you know, go back to sleep or go back to our lives or whatever we were doing before the feeling happens. Now, when we do something wrong, we've committed an injustice and our subconscious is aware of the reality that justice exists and justice needs to be in balance. Our subconscious knows that. So when we do something wrong, we've thrown justice out of balance. So our subconscious alerts us to the fact that we've just thrown things out of balance and we need to do something to rectify it. Now, the methodology that our subconscious uses to alert us to the fact that we are out of balance with justice is guilt. It makes us feel guilty. And when we feel guilty, that is our subconscious telling us, again, you've, you've done something to upset the balance of justice. You need to go do something to, to settle it. And the way we settle it is justification. Justification, again, as I said before, is the way of us addressing an injustice and uh, hopefully uh, rendering justice equal, equaling out justice. I think a helpful analogy for understanding how the subconscious works is, is our computers. We deal with computers every day, be it your desktop or your laptop or your your pad or even your phone. I mean, your phone is basically just a little computer that happens to be a phone. I think the, the, the talking to each other on the phone is one of the, the, the least um, used aspects of our phone these days. Uh, but the point is that when you have a computer, you there's a ton of stuff going on in the background that you may not be aware of. You're you are consciously focused on, you know, the website you happen to be on or the program you're using or the document you're writing. That's where your focus is, because that's what's actively going on. That's kind of like the conscious mind. Whereas in the background, there's a ton of things happening. There's memory being used. There's system analysis going on There's viruses being detected. There are all kinds of, you know, there's code. I mean, just millions and millions of lines of code being executed constantly in the background that we're not aware of that makes the computer work. And that's really what our subconscious is like. Our subconscious is the background stuff that's doing all the things that we can't focus on, like, you know, making our heartbeat. I mean, we can't focus on every single heartbeat. We'd never get anything done. Our our subconscious makes our heart beat. It makes us breathe in and out. We don't really think about breathing in and out. Our subconscious takes care of that. Our eye blinks, um, you know, it, all those little things that happen on the background that keep us healthy is what our subconscious is doing. So like with the computer analogy, when something is out of balance in the computer, what happens? An error message pops up. It says, you know, you're running out of memory or, you know, the system's about to crash or there's an incompatible program running. And no matter what you're doing, whether you're again, you're on the Internet or working on a document, that little window, that red X pops up and alerts you that, hey, you need to take care of this immediately. And it doesn't go away until you do something. And that's what guilt is like when you commit an injustice. That error message pops up and says, guilty, guilty. You need to do something. You're out of balance. Do something, seek some kind of justification. Okay, so now that we know that, what, what type of justification do we do? Well, how do we justify ourselves? 
Well, there are really two basic ways of justification. There's, there's kind of a third that's a hybrid, and we'll talk about that later. But there are basically two forms of justification. There, and I've, I call one justification of God and the other justification of man. Now, these are terms that I made up, so don't go looking for them in any theology book. You won't find them. They're, they're my creations, and I just use them because they, they work for me. So justification of God is when you seek justice or seek to equal out justice through God, which makes sense because God is just, God is justice. So of course it makes sense to seek justification God's way. And what is God's way of justification? Well, in the long-term big picture analysis, God's justification really gets down to things like uh, forgiveness for your sins, uh, salvation, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. But those are things we're going to get to down the road. Um, I blogged about them already. So you can go to the blog and check out you know, the, the blogs on Jesus and salvation. But for now, let's say, let's suffice it to say that in order to deal with justification of God, you need to do something to balance out the justice. In other words, if when you commit something, you need when you commit an unjust act, an unjust act, you need to do something that will rectify it completely. So if you steal ten dollars from someone, that's an injustice. You feel guilty about it. If you want to do justification of God, what would you do? You give them the ten dollars back, and now things are balanced out. You should also apologize, but you give them the ten dollars back, and justice is is satisfied. So note that you can actually operate in justification of God without even being a Christian or even believing in or actively believing in the God of the universe because we, our subconscious knows injustice and technically our subconscious knows that God exists because our subconscious knows reality. It knows that God has to be always completely right and just. Our subconscious knows that righteousness and justice exist. Therefore, it knows that God exists. Now we can consciously deny it, but our subconscious knows. So even atheists who consciously don't believe in God, well, their subconscious knows that there's a God. And that's frankly one of the reasons why atheists are so angry because they are in an internal war with their with the two parts of their mind. Their subconscious is telling them there's a God while their consciousness keeps trying to shout it down saying, oh no, there is no God. And that's why they're just such really angry, angry people because they're, they are dealing with a constant internal war. And again, I would feel sorry for them, but they're so annoying that I don't feel sorry for them at all. But again, the point is that if your subconscious will tell you that you are guilty of something, that you need to balance justice out and you can balance that justice out through the justification of God, just by making the proper restitution to, um, to, to equal out the, the justice and to balance things out. So that's justification of God. Now there is another form of justification called justification of man. What does that mean? Well, it's kind of the opposite. Just as in justification of God, you're justifying God. You're basically justifying justice. You're, you're admitting that justice exists, that you're outside of justice and you need to balance it out. Justification of man is the opposite. It's where you either deny you're basically you're denying justice by either denying that what you did was actually wrong or denying that what you did actually was your fault, even though you know subconsciously and probably even consciously that you were wrong. Uh, let me give you a real world example of that, of, of the two forms of justification. Let's say you're at a party or no better yet. Let's say you're at a work event. You're, you're in the cafeteria or the lunchroom at your job and you're hanging around some of your coworkers or whatever, and you tell an offensive joke. Maybe it was a sexist joke or a racist joke or whatever, and you're telling the joke, and you see 
somewhere in the corner of your of your eye, you, you see someone who's clearly taken offense to it. Maybe it's a woman and she's taken offense to the sexist joke or it's, you know, someone who is, is of the race you just made fun of and they take offense to it. Well, when this happens, your subconscious knows you just committed an injustice. So that error message pops up, alert, you're guilty. You need to do something to justify it. So you can do justification of God, which would mean that you need to balance things out. You could go over to the person you offended and you could say, hey, you know, sorry about that. You know, I told that joke. That joke was offensive and you know, it obviously offended you. I apologize for it. Um, you know, didn't mean to do it. And, you know, let me buy you a coffee or something and you'll be settled. Your your subconscious will settle down. The air message will go away because you're back in balance and you actually feel good about yourself because your subconscious, while it can make you feel negative feelings when you're out of balance, it can also make you feel positive and give you positive feelings and endorphins when you're doing the right thing. So it'll make you, it'll give you a little shot of, of, of you know, of, of serotonin or dopamine. I forget which, which chemical does what. But it'll give you, it'll give you, I think it's dopamine. It'll give you a, sh a shot of that and that chemistry, the chemistry in your brain will be balanced out and you'll feel good about it. Even though it kind of hurt to, to apologize. We don't like doing that because, you know, apologizing means admitting you're wrong. We don't like to admit we're wrong because when you get right down to it, um, well, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about contrastive thinking in just a second. But, you know, being contrastive means, you know, admitting that you're being willing to admit you're wrong. And apologizing it means you're being contrastive. And we talked about this a few podcasts ago that when you're contrastive, you know, it, it's, it's uncomfortable, but you had to pay something back. You were out of balance. You did something wrong and you've balanced the scales by, you know, sacrificing something of yourself, you know, making yourself vulnerable and apologizing. And now because of that, you feel better. The person you offended feel better, feels better. Your subconscious settles you down and it's all good. That's justification of God in that situation. So what would justification of man be? Well, that would be, again, justifying yourself instead of justice. And how would you do that? You'd say, oh, well, you know, that was just a joke. Come on. You know, you're taking it too hard. I didn't mean anything by it. It was just a joke or whatever. And so basically you're saying that it wasn't offensive because it was just a joke. Or you could blame the person. You can say, oh, you know, you're, you're just being too sensitive. You know, she she's always getting upset over any little joke about women. You know, she, maybe she's on her period this time of month or something. Or, or that guy, he, yeah, yeah, it was a racist joke, but, you know, I didn't really mean it was no big deal. He's all he's so sensitive about race. Every time something racial comes up, he just blows his top and he loses it. So it's, it's his problem. It's not my problem. My joke wasn't offensive. He's just too sensitive. Or you could even blame other people. You know, yeah, I told the joke, but, you know, they asked me to tell that you know racist joke that I, I told before. So I, I didn't really want to do it. They made me do it. And I, I did it because I was just trying to fit in with the crowd. So I didn't really mean it. Basically, all of these justifications are denying that the offense happened. They, you're not justifying it. You're not equaling out justice. You are denying that an imbalance of justice even exists. And that is comparative thinking. Remember, contrastive thinking is being willing to admit the possibility that you could be wrong. Comparative thinking is being unwilling to admit that you could be wrong. So, so if you get down to it, justification of God is contrastive thinking and justification of man is comparative thinking. And go back to a few podcasts when we talk about how to be right and we really delve into contrastive and comparative thinking. So justification of man has a, a, a couple of really big problems, but also an opportunity. The big problem is, is pretty obvious, which is that you don't you're not really addressing the injustice. The injustice is still out there. You have not addressed it. It, it, you still did something wrong. And because you did that, 
the problem is you, you know you're going to have to pay for it eventually because God is just and He's going to render out justice to you. But the other thing is that because you did not take care of that subconscious alert, it's going to come back. That error message is going to pop back up again because your subconscious knows that you didn't really address it. It, it gave you the error. It says you're guilty. Do something about it. Give me a, you know, give up some sort of justification. And instead of doing that, you justify yourself and say, oh, no, it didn't really happen. That error is wrong. Well, your subconscious, you can't fool your subconscious. Your subconscious always knows reality. So it knows the reality is that you did not really make an adequate justification. You did not equal out justice. So it's going to come back and alert you again. Just like on your computer, when you when that alert pops up and says, you know, you're running out of memory or your your program's about to crash or whatever, you can hit the OK button and the alert will go away. But it's going to come back in a few minutes, in a few hours, maybe a couple of days. It's going to come back because you have not addressed the error properly. Same thing with guilt. You may justify yourself and say, oh, that joke was no big deal and she's too sensitive or he's, you know, always getting bent out of shape over nothing. But you're going to see that coworker again. And every time you see them, you're going to get that message It's going to pop up. You're still guilty. You still offended them. You still haven't made restitution. And you can keep denying it for days, weeks, however long you want, you want to. But your subconscious still knows reality. It still knows that you have not dealt with that injustice. But here's where the opportunity comes in. Because our subconscious keeps making us feel guilty, we still have the opportunity to make things right. So we can deny that we were we can deny the guilt, deny that we did, make, did something offensive for weeks, but eventually, every time we see them, we feel guilt, guilty, and we can eventually say, you know what, take, take them to the side and say, hey, I, I apologize for what I did. I apologize for that joke. You know, I guess it really was offensive. I was kind of denying that you were offended, but you were, and I apologize. And there you go. You've made things right. You've balanced justice out, which is a good thing. And that brings us to the main reason for guilt. Why would God design us this way? Why would he design us with a subconscious that uh, makes us feel guilty when we do wrong and drives us towards justification? It's actually a function of God's mercy towards us. God is giving us the opportunity to just to um, to to equal out justice on our own. Why is that important? Because, as I said a few minutes ago, God is just so he will pay back every injustice. But he's given you the opportunity to equal out the justice on your own and not have to deal with him judging you, which will, you know, will happen at the end of time. When we die, we'll all stand before him and we will have to take account of, of all the wrong things we've done that have not been justified here on earth. And God in his mercy is giving you the opportunity to do that but by making you feel guilty and that guilt driving you to justification and, of course, hoping that you will choose justification of God. Now, I want to just take a couple minutes and deal with something that might be um, coming up in your in your head as you're listening to this, and that is people who don't seem to feel guilty. I think we all know people or have encountered people or have you know just seen people in maybe in, in the news or in, in the public square who seem to be able to just do all the wrong things they want, and they never feel guilty about it. They never show any hint of remorse. Do these people not feel guilt? They do, but what they've done is they basically shouted down their subconscious. Now, if you keep denying justice, if you keep denying your guilt for so long, eventually your conscious brain can get to the point where it's where it gets so loud, so to speak, that you can't hear the guilt anymore. And to, it can, that, that voice of guilt can that error message can get so weak and so muted that you don't even recognize it. 
is almost the equivalent of going into your computer and turning off the, the code that makes the, the, um, the error message pop up. Now, the wrong things still happen in the computer system. The memory is still messed up or, and the program is still about to crash, but you're just no longer alerted to it, which is not a good thing, even though on the surface, it may seem like this person who never feels any guilt is kind of getting away with it because they just do whatever they want to do and never feel bad. No, they still feel bad, but it's so muted. It's, it's been shouted down so much that they, it, it, they don't recognize it anymore. And it's really a bad thing. Why? Well, as we just talked about a few seconds ago, they will have to deal with every injustice that at the end of time when God judges them. But the problem is, since they no longer recognize that guilt, since they can barely hear it anymore, and they don't recognize it. They are never making restitution for the wrongs that they've done. They're never taking advantage of God's mercy and, and the opportunity that he's giving them to equal out justice on this earth. So that means that when they die, they're going to have to pay for every single thing they did because they never handled justice well and equal out justice when they had a chance on this earth. So even though it looks like they're getting away with a lot of stuff and not feeling bad about it, they're actually doing themselves a great deal of harm spiritually. So with all that said, let's kind of circle back to Adam and Eve and how they handled uh, justice. And, and it brings up a question, you know, why, did, why didn't why did God show mercy towards Adam and Eve with the whole guilt thing? Because, you know, as we talked about in the last podcast, when um, Adam and Eve were confronted by God and he asked them, you know, what did you do? Well, you know, they both justified themselves. You know, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent and the, the, the uh, Nakash more properly. And and that was that. So why why did God immediately judge them after after they both um, justified themselves? Why didn't He give them a little time to let that guilt keep eating at them and give them the opportunity through mercy to to come around and eventually admit they're wrong and and justify God instead of themselves? Well, it really has to do with the first actions that Adam and Eve took after they um, ate the forbidden fruit and what God knew about those actions and how he knew that they chose the wrong, the worst form of justification. Yes, they technically did, did justification of man, but they did the absolute worst form of justification of man. Remember I said there were two forms of justification and a hybrid? Well, there's justification of God, there's justification of man, and there's this hybrid. And this hybrid is justification of man that makes you think you're doing justification of God. You're actually fooling yourself into thinking that you're doing justice God's way when in fact you're only justifying yourself and it is the worst form of justification because it takes you further and further from God the more you do it. And that form of justification is called religion. That's right, religion. I harp on religion all the time throughout the blog. Um, I've, I've talked about it in, in some of the podcasts and I will be talking about it for the next couple of podcasts. Religion is the worst form of justification because it Again, it takes you away from God while making you think you're getting closer to God. So you you think you're balancing out justice the right way and you're not. And since you think you are, you have no motivation to actually turn around and do it the right way because you think you're doing it the right way when you really aren't. Now, how did I know and how did God know that Adam and Eve were in religion? Well, look at the first thing they did again after they ate the fruit. They, they realized they were naked. They were ashamed. They felt guilt. And what did they do? They covered up and hid from God. They covered their nakedness and they hid from God. When they hid from God, they were actually doing religion. They were trying to cover themselves up instead of 
instead of justifying themselves God's way, they decided to take action that they thought would get them closer to God by saying, hey, you know, we're, we're naked and ashamed. Let's cover up. If we cover up, you know, God will, will honor that and God will realize that we're doing this for him. Well, the problem is they weren't doing it for God, even though they may have thought they were. God did not have a problem with their nakedness. That's how he made them. No, sorry. Yeah, God didn't have a problem with the way they were. God made them that way. They were trying to be holy on their own. They were trying to get closer to God and justify themselves to God, not by doing what God wanted them to do to justify themselves, but by taking actions that they felt would get them closer to God and make them more just in the sight of God, but they were not doing what God wanted. And when you are religious, religion is basically, and we'll talk about this in great detail in the next couple of podcasts, religion is is justification of man that you do thinking it's going to get you closer to God. It's actions you take that God either never sanctioned or in some cases God's completely against. Like when you when you, you know say Hail Marys or, or pray with caressing beads or light candles and those sorts of things or when you or even when you get dressed up for church. These are things that God never told you to do. These are things that we do thinking that they're going to get us closer to God, but they're not biblical. There's nothing in the Bible that says that you have to dress up to go to church. There's nothing in the Bible that even says you have to go to an actual building to in order to be closer to God. Churches in, in the first century, the first churches were just gatherings of people together. The, the word church, the word ecclesia, doesn't mean a building. Church means a, the gathering together of believers. When you have two or three believers together, you have church because you're a part of the church. And you can you know uh, look into the blog post on the church for that. But when we do these religious things that make us feel better about ourselves, oh, I'm I'm closer to God because I'm dressed in a suit and a tie or in a really nice dress, that makes me more godly. No, it doesn't. Why? Because God didn't tell you to do that. But you think you're getting closer to God when you actually aren't doing anything that God actually told you to do. That is religion. And again, we're going to talk about that quite a bit more. And the reason, one of the many reasons that religion is so terrible is because it is, because it's, um, justification of man that pretends to be justification of God. And we know that justification of man is comparative thinking and justification of God is contrastive thinking. When you are religious, you are being comparative and you think you're being contrastive. And you, again, you have no motivation to ever change because you think you're doing the right thing. And so you're going to keep getting progressively further and further from God. And it's a really terrible thing. And that's why I harp on religion so much. Um, I don't like religion. God hates religion. Jesus hates religion. The only people that Jesus had a problem with when he was on earth were the religious people. And because he knew, he knows that what they were doing were leading people further away from the plan of God. So when God saw Adam and Eve take these religious actions, he knew that they were, they were done because they were going down a path that would progressively get them further and further away from him. And that's why he judged them because he wanted to put a stop to it and start the next dispensation and give man another opportunity to, to choose God the right way. Okay, so we are uh, nearing the end of the half hour. So I want to wrap things up. And just to summarize again, when we do something wrong, God, through his mercy, has programmed our subconscious to make us feel guilt, which will motivate us to get justification, preferably the justification of God, which will get us back in alignment with him and get us back on track to his plan. But we can also choose to justify ourselves. And if we do that, then we can be led away with him, away from him, excuse me. But because we'll still feel guilty because we haven't um, equaled our justice, we have the opportunity to, through that guilt, God's mercy, to actually come back to him and to seek out the true justification of God. But of course, 
we could also choose religion, the worst form of justification of all. And in the next podcast, we are going to start talking about religion. And if you haven't started to understand already, you will truly understand why it's a terrible, terrible thing and why I am completely and utterly against it. And I have and will continue to harp on it for the rest of the blogs and podcasts because I don't want you to be religious. And religion, again, is nothing to do with God. It is not biblical. It is man-made stuff. And we're going to talk about it in the next podcast. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, send me your comments. I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast or any of the others. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the blog. You'll see it over to your right. In the right-hand side, you'll see, you'll see a subscribe um, button there. You just put your email in and you'll get alerted to these podcasts every time they come out every week. And until then, I will talk to you next week.